got a little bit of an exercise for you. It, I'm not gonna have you physically do anything. It's too hot to be doing that right now. But if you'll look, pay attention to this picture we're about to throw up here on the board or on the screen. There we go, take a look at that. What does that have to do with anything? Just look at it for a minute. Just get a good, just take it all in. There's a lot going on there. That's a lot, a lot of stuff. It looks like whoever drew it was under some kind of a medication or something, I don't know. Okay, you can take it down. I, I have a question. We all saw that. Y'all remember playing, looking at Where's Waldo? Y'all ever do that? Just so you know, Brenham has a Where's Waldo thing going on in their downtown square. The stores, you go in and find Waldo. It's a trap because they know if you're looking for Waldo, you're gonna find other things that you don't need and you will buy that. So just, that was my contribution to you. Stay out of downtown Brenham if you don't wanna get suckered into that. But I wanna ask you a couple things. Raise your hand. It's not up there anymore, okay. Raise your hand if you saw a princess climbing the diving board. Okay, all right. Raise your hand if you saw a guy floating on a book. Raise your hand if you saw a man sleeping in his pajamas. <laughs> I wonder about that guy. He was like, I just gotta get my kids to the pool. I'm just so tired. Just let, y'all just go swim. Okay. <laughs> Raise your hand if you saw a kid building a snowman. Weird world we live in. Raise your hand if you saw a handle on the wall resembling the handle on the door. There's a couple of you saw that, I like that. Okay, raise your hand if you saw a poodle drinking out of a sippy cup. I'm telling you, whoever drew this, hmm. Um, raise your hand if you saw a shark in the pool. That's every kid's fear, just so you know. There's a shark in there. Raise your hand if you saw an octopus lifeguard, which comes in handy, I'm sure, with all those extra hands. Raise your hand if you saw a pencil diving board. Some of you are like, I ain't playing this game. Um, it's okay. You just be grumpy right there by yourself. Raise your hand if you saw a walrus playing the guitar. I would love to meet a walrus who could play a guitar. Raise your hand if you saw cans of tomato soup dividing the deep end from the shallow end. Nothing says the division like tomato soup. Raise your hand if you saw a submarine. Okay. Raise your hand if you saw a chef in the pool. Raise your hand if you saw the three watches on the swimmer's arm. Raise your hand if you saw the girl putting mustard on like sunscreen. That was the weirdest thing. I'm like, well, let's be honest. Back in the day, we used to use baby oil and iodine. And one time we ran out and we used Crisco like we were a bunch of pieces of chicken laying out there. <laughs> Stupid. I just want to be tan. Okay. Raise your hand if you saw a cat fishing in the pool. Okay, raise your hand if you saw a girl ice skating on ice that was floating in the water. Raise your hand if you saw a bird wearing sandals. Every bird should wear sandals. Raise your hand if you saw a smiling puddle. Okay, the reality is whether you saw it or not, it was there. Because somebody else did see it. But you might have seen something that I didn't mention that nobody else saw. There was a lot going on right? Just like when you look at a Where's Waldo book, there's a lot going on. I, I have to tell you something that happened, and it kind of happened organically. I didn't mean for it to happen um, this way, but I was watching uh, an interview that Oprah Winfrey did with Kevin Hart, and um, we can't show it because if we, if we show it online, they'll, they'll pop us off, and we won't be able to be online for whatever reason. So go to YouTube, watch it. I highly recommend it. Anyway, Oprah's talking to Kevin Hart, and he's talking about going into comedy. 
And he said that when he first started, he went to his mom and he was just like, this is what I wanna do. And she's like, okay, baby, I'll support you. Now his mama loved Jesus. His mom is a God-fearing woman. And so she told him, she said, I will support you in this, but I need you to read your Bible. He's like, okay, mom, yeah, whatever. He goes home and he's getting into these comedy clubs. He's not making money, but he's making a lot of connection and he gets a bill for his rent and he didn't have the money. So he calls mama and she said, well, are you reading your Bible? Mom, I, I just am so busy, I don't have time. And anyway, long story short, they banter back and forth through several phone calls and he finally gets an eviction notice. So he goes to his mother's house. Y'all know how that works, right? Like, well, you gotta get face to face with mama sometimes. Like, I need you to understand how desperate I am. So he goes to mom's house and she said, but have you been reading your Bible? He's like, I do not have time for scripture, I need money. And she said, go home and read your Bible and then we'll talk about rent. And he was mad, went home, like he's about to be evicted. And he said that he opened his Bible and six months of rent checks fell out. And his mom knew he needed it, but she put it where he would have to go find it. And she told him, no matter where you go in life and what you do, you've got to stay grounded in truth. I don't know. I'm not up here promoting Kevin Hart, okay? I don't want you guys to go, he's bad. This is not a Kevin Hart promotion. This is a Kevin Hart's mama promotion, okay? Um, <laughs> hello. I, I think he's funny. Don't get me wrong. I like, I like a good laugh. But um, he... I don't know if he still reads the Bible, but what she had him do made me think about something. We do, with your giving, we do a lot that you see and don't see. And every year we honor our seniors and we do a special service for them and we give them a Bible that we pray over and we highlight verses. We give them a compass to remind them that God will lead them, the Holy Spirit will lead them. And we give them a blow pop. So they'll put it in their mouth and be quiet and realize they don't know everything. And to get out there in life and learn something, right? And I still get invites though to seniors graduation parties and I try to go to as many of them as I can. And I decided to try a little experiment. Now, if you're a senior that just, if you just graduated and you, this happened to you, what I'm about to tell you, it's, it's expired, okay? The gift is no longer good. Um, I wrote a real meaningful card and then I put in there, now for your gift, send me a text and I'll send you your card. And what I was gonna do is send them an Amazon gift card via text. And I, so I just told them how much I loved them, what I believed God for them. Send me a text so I can send you your gift. I'm not gonna tell you who did what, but I will tell you out of the eight that I gave that to, two of them sent me a text. Now the other six, Lesson learned, <laughs> sorry. Um, but the thing is, you can go, well, those kids, they're so selfish, really? Aren't we all kind of like that? Y'all remember being a kid when grandma give you a card, what's the first thing you did? Open it up and shake it. There ain't no money, where's it at? And it wasn't until later on in life that you wished that you could sit and have the conversation with grandma about the things that she wrote in her card. And that's kind of what I wanna talk to you about today. I wanna talk to you about the value that we're missing. I want, if you have your Bibles, turn to Amos chapter eight, verse 11. Yes, that is a book in the Bible. It's not a made up book. I know it's not one people frequent often, but we're going to today for a minute. Amos chapter eight, verse 11. It says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, 
but for hearing the words of the Lord. So according to the American Bible Society, this, this study was done in like 2014. They are in the process of trying to do another one, but COVID messed everything up. And the addendum that I saw on this one site was, we're concerned the statistics are much graver. And I'm like, great. But let me tell you what it says. More than three quarters of Americans, which is 77%, think the nation's morality is headed downhill. I think probably most people feel that way. Um, 88% of respondents said they own a Bible, not a device, not their phone with a Bible app, but a physical Bible. The average household has 4.4 Bibles. Only 26% of Americans say they read their Bible on a regular basis. The regular basis was two to three times a week. And then younger people like myself, just kidding, um, also... <laughs> You're supposed to be shocked by that. What? You are young. Um, also seem to be moving away from the Bible. A majority, and Barnum spoke into this, Barnum Research spoke into this, a majority, 57% of those ages, 18 to 28, read their Bibles less than three times a year, if at all. See, guys, we are in a place where we have more access to Scripture than any other group of people ever has. It's, you can listen to it. They can do it in a Australian, you know that? You can turn on the Bible and put an Australian accent and you can have the Bible read to you from an Australian man. <laughs> I feel like it's more spiritual that way, I don't know. <laughs> you have it on your phone, you have it on your computer, you can get parallels where you're looking at King James versus NIV. We have access to scripture more than ever, but statistically speaking, and I don't even have to give you statistics, look around. Look at yourself. Look at where our nation's at. We are more deprived and deficient than we ever have been before, scripturally speaking. I grew up in a generation where memorizing scripture was not just encouraged, it was a mandate. We memorized scripture for everything. We were taught that you took the word and you prayed it and God lined up with what he already said. We were taught that you could speak to your mountains and they would be removed. Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We were taught Proverbs 18, 21, that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. We were taught Psalms 119, 11, that we have hidden our, his word in our hearts so that we wouldn't sin against him. All these amazing things taught, this is how you fight your battles. This is how you go into warfare. This is how you live your life. The word, the word, the word, the word. So what happened? What happened? We have it all at our fingertips and yet we're in worse shape than we've ever been. I wanna camp on a story today in Luke chapter two. Now, a lot of times people hear the story of this guy named Simeon around Christmas time because there's two people, they talk about Simeon and Anna. Today, we're just gonna talk about Simeon and I wanna break down this little story of Simeon and I wanna see what's going on here. Luke chapter two, verses 25 through 35. Let me read it to you. It says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came in to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. 
He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. So what do we know about Simeon? Let's talk about this a little bit. We know that he was righteous and devout. Um, Scripture says that he was a normal guy from from local town. So y'all, he's just like you and me. He's just a normal guy. He wasn't, he wasn't some high priest. He wasn't some big leader. He was just a devoted lover of God, local. We know that he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Eagerly awaiting. He had great expectation. He wasn't looking at what wasn't happening. He was looking at what was coming. Are you hearing me? We know that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And we know that through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, he was promised that he wouldn't die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. We know that the Holy Spirit led him to the temple that day and he was in the temple when Jesus showed up. He was there ready. We know that he embraced God. Like that in itself, can I just say, that's a sermon all by itself. He grabs baby Jesus and embraces him. He is in the temple where religious leaders are, many of who would be responsible for nailing him to a cross 33 years later. Are you following me? And he didn't just say, hey, can I tell y'all something? Shh, keep it down. That's the Messiah. He scooped that baby up, made a declaration, and held him close. What would happen, again, another sermon, another time, what would happen if you and I would not just declare who Jesus is, but if we would hold him close? If we would hold on like a hair in a biscuit is the way my grandma would say. You're like, what does that mean? Think about it. We'll get back to that later. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) We know that he prayed and declared that he could now die because he had seen the salvation prepared for all people. Scripture says all nations. We know that Joseph and Mary were amazed. (laughs) Think about that for a minute. They had been through some weird days. Like, they're in, they had just, she's a virgin. Joseph's bought into that because God told him to. They're in a barn having a baby. These shepherds show up. All these little pieces happening along the way. And now they walk into basically his baby dedication. And some old dude picks him up, holds him close and says, this is the Messiah. Like, she's probably like, what? This is weird. Nobody at home will believe that all these things are happening. Like, They had to have been amazed. They had to have been taken back. We know that he blessed Jesus' parents and then he spoke the truth to them. And I wanna read what he said in the message because I think it's so beautiful how it says it here. He says, this child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel, a figure misunderstood and contradicted. The pain of a sword thrust through you, but the rejection will force honesty as God reveals who they really are. Now, there's no more mention of Simeon anywhere. We don't know if he walked out of the 
tabernacle that day and gave up the ghost. We don't know if he lived another week. We, we don't know. Well, what happened? I don't know. Why don't you know? Because it doesn't say. Well, why can't you figure it out? Because I don't know. We don't know. Okay, just resolve that in yourself. We don't know. But what we do know is there's something significant about that little point that was put in the word of God. That Simeon was present and God made a promise to Simeon and God kept that promise. But this leaves us with a lot to think about and maybe a few questions. And I want with you guys, if you're okay with that, um, of course you are, you're in here. <laughs> We're gonna hash that out a little bit today. The first thing I want to point out is God is in the business of working and using ordinary people. Wrap your brain around that. So that means none of us, not you, not me, none of us have a valid excuse on why we're not used for, by God. He works through broken. He works through people with a past. He works through people who are working through. He works through quiet people. He does amazing things through people that don't wanna get up and talk in front of people. They just wanna do. Like He is not intimidated or moved by your past. He is moved by who he is. Are you following me there? He uses ordinary people. He wasn't going to the religious leaders. He went to Simeon because Simeon had come after him. Like there's something powerful there. Ordinary people. And in a world full of people who are broken, who are just existing, you know, the kind sucking air day by day, complaining, hoarding, self-medicating, coping, our position should show that we are eagerly awaiting something. Let me say that one more time. Our position should show that we're eagerly awaiting something. Life gets busy for all of us, right? We go, we do, there's always something. And if we're not careful, we'll get so caught up in what we're doing, we'll stop looking for what's coming. We'll stop looking for the call that's on our lives and our responsibility in that. I'm not, I'm not here to judge you because I'm in the same boat you're in. I think we need to ask ourselves, what are we eagerly awaiting? When was the last time we cracked open the word and God spoke to us and we put that as, this is God and I'm gonna wait until it happens. I'm gonna stand on this truth. I'm gonna trust this promise. So what set him apart? What set Simeon apart from these other religious leaders? Now I want you to understand in, you're like, well, maybe they didn't know. Well, let me help you understand that. Jewish children during that day and time, all Jewish boys, Memorize the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They all had it memorized. Mama could say Genesis 3, 7. They had it memorized. They knew it. But then those who wanted to go on and continue to study, they would, they would study and they would memorize basically Genesis to Malachi. They understood the minor prophets. They understood the major prophets. It wasn't just a study. They had it memorized. It's what they lived what about the rest of them? Well, they went on to family business. Fishermen, construction workers, the guy that worked at Starbucks, you know, whatever, whatever. They did those things. So they had access. Here's, I really want you to get this. They had access. These religious leaders saw the same thing Simeon saw. So why was that synagogue not full of people in great expectation? Why was that synagogue not full of people going, we're waiting, we're waiting. Why did the Holy Spirit not prompt other people? He's coming, he's here, he's been born, it's about to happen. Why? Well, 
I'll tell you my belief on that is there's a big difference between knowing and understanding. What? That didn't make sense. Well, let me help you understand. How many of y'all in high school? Let me just put myself out there, okay? I'm not gonna call y'all out. I'll, I'll just be honest. I was an awful student, but I was an excellent person. I was there for my friends. I was there for a good time. care what that person in the front of the room was saying no more than I cared about anything like so what are we gonna do for lunch what are we doing this weekend Amber hush so what are we doing this weekend but I knew in my house that if I did not come home if I failed a test Amber wasn't doing nothing that weekend so whatever subject it was and they would give you a study guide I would learn that study guide So that when it was time to take the test, I passed the test. Are you following me? Well, Amber, what did you learn in school? I don't know. How to pass a test. (laughs) Yeah, but what what was your favorite thing about U.S. history? Um, That we're free, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) You're horrible. Okay, but what are we doing this weekend? You know, like, (laughs) huh? That doesn't mean, please don't misunderstand me. There are things that I am a student of and I love to study. But if we're all honest, right? There was, nobody loved every subject. And if you did, ooh, yeah, you. But we don't, and we didn't. And we learned the trick of learning so we can pass, not learning to understand. So I have a friend, and I can't even tell you what her job is, but she's like a doctor of neuro something. It's a weird, long something. We grew up together. I never understood what she was talking about. And still, she'll be like, Amber, did you know? I'm like, you have the boringest life. And she's like, but did you understand? I'm like, I don't care, but you're probably still gonna tell me, so go go ahead. The difference between her and me, we were in the same classes. She studied to understand. She was passionate about what was in those books. I don't even know if I ever cracked a book open, honestly. Kids that are in here, don't be like me, okay? (laughs) That's all you get, get that. Don't be like Amber. She loved what she was learning. She loved the information. She went on to continue to study those things. She's still studying those things. She's like a doctor two times over and is still studying those things. The difference between her and me is very clear. I just wanted to pass. She wanted to understand. The difference between Simeon and everyone else, all these religious leaders that had access to all this stuff, They weren't looking for what was really there. See, Simeon did not have, or he didn't have an agenda. But I think oftentimes, we still do it today, these religious leaders try to fit God into their narrative. Well, he's gonna be coming to be the king, so what would that would look like for us would be this. Instead of just saying, you know what, we don't know, let God be God. And you can say, well, they did that, I don't do that, really? Because I do. I try to box him into what I want him to do all the time. But God, you care about the desires of my heart. Don't you? So what about this? But Simeon was just like, this is what he said. This is what he promised. And this is what I'm waiting for. This is where we're at. I want you to get this. It was nothing about being the person in charge. For Simeon, It was about loving the word, loving God, diving in, seeking not just truth, but full truth. 
studying to understand and then letting God do his thing. In order, get this please, in order to understand the voice and direction of God, you must first become familiar with his word. Let me say that one more time because that's good. In order to understand the voice and direction of God, you must first become familiar with his word. His direction will not contradict his word. If you're going, I'm praying, God for about, I'm praying to God about this. I'm believing God for this. We've been seeking the Lord on this. I pray every night. I've been fasting. I've been doing all these things. And I don't feel like God is moving. My question to you is simple. Have you been in the word? Have you jumped into his word to see what he says? Well, but I have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is through the word of God. The direction of the Holy Spirit is through scripture. It's not some mumbo jumbo out in the middle of nowhere weirdness. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's not God. I need you to get that. Like, get that. It'll change your life. It'll make it a lot easier on the weirdos you encounter. It lines up with scripture. Parents, think about it this way. It's summertime. You're going to work. Your kids are at home. They want to go play. So you, they're asleep. You, you're leaving at six. You write a note and you set it on the counter. Before you play Xbox, before you go outside, before you dot, 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 I need you to do these things. Then all of a sudden your office desk phone rings. Hello? Mom, what are we supposed to do if we want to go outside? What's the first thing you're going to say? Did you read the note? I want you to understand, I think that's how God is with us. God, when, what, what will you do about this? And God, can you heal this? And God, can you move here? And God, can you show up here? And I think he's like, hey, did you read my note? Because if you'll read what I've already said, then I'll tell you anything else you need to know. But see, we want what we want when we want it, and we really don't want to have to do the work for it. Well, not me. I'm not like that. Well, good for you, because I am that way sometimes. But why is it so hard? And I don't read your word. Our world, our nation, our state, our community, our churches, are in the shape that they're in because we have failed to take the time to study with great expectation, looking deeper and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. Like y'all can't jump into your Bible with an agenda. So where do I start? Well, first of all, the fact that you wanna start is huge. Start somewhere, start in the gospels if you need to. But there are so many resources out there for you that can guide you on a study. But I'm gonna tell you this, don't, don't cherry pick scripture. Don't cherry pick. Now, I'm, I'll be the first to tell you, like, look, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with fear, yeah, Google, scripture's on fear. Print those bad boys out, put them on sticky notes, put them all over your house. But if that's your foundation, you got a problem. I have a student that went through student ministry with me and she's at A&M and she was doing summer classes and she called me freaking out. I thought there was boy drama. I didn't know what was going on. I was bracing myself. And she was like, you're not gonna believe this. This is awful. Like, what's up? She's like, I'm doing a class. I have to write a paper on fiction versus nonfiction. So I chose the Bible and I have to have backing. And I have been on Google and the first two pages of Google, even from Christian resources say that the Bible is fiction. And some of these Christian resources say it's fiction with nonfiction stories and characters. And you're like, okay, so what does that mean for us? Don't trust Google. You start Googling, trying to build your faith on what you find on the computer, you're gonna be out in the middle of nowhere, lost and confused. 
There's nothing wrong with Google when it's used for the right thing, but y'all need to get into the Word of God yourself. Amen. Get into it for yourself. Now, there's a, there's a couple verses that I find to be, first time I read it, I was like, that was really weird. But the more I've grown and the more I've understood, I, I love the way it says, and I love the way it reads in the message, so I wanna share it with you. It's Ezekiel 3, 1 through 9, and the message reads it very beautifully. He told me, son of man, eat what you see. Eat this book. Then go and speak to the family of Israel. As I opened my mouth, he gave me the scroll to eat something. Son of man, eat this book that I am giving you. Make a full meal of it. So I ate it and it tasted good, just like honey. Then he told me, son of man, go to the family of Israel and speak my message. Look, I'm not sending you to a people who speak a hard to learn language with words you can't hardly pronounce. If I had sent you to such people, their ears would have perked up and they would have listened immediately. But it won't work that way with the family of Israel. They won't listen to you because they won't listen to me. They are, as I said, a hard case, hardened in their sin, but I'll make you as hard in your way as they are in theirs. I'll make your face as hard as a rock, harder than granite. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't be afraid of them even though they're a bunch of rebels. God was telling him, listen, I need you to consume my word. I need you to act as if it's a meal and this is your nourishment and I need you to get it in the core of who you are. I need you to digest this. And see, I'm not gonna send you overseas. Now I want you to understand, yes, people are like, but the Bible says God said he'll give us the nations. Yeah, but he also said start at home. He didn't say that really, let's talk. I'll show you where he said that. Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, start here. You'll never be a successful missionary in another country if you can't stand for what you believe in your own. Amen. He says, listen, I'm giving you the tools you need. The world out there is hard. They're not listening to me. They're not gonna listen to you either, but don't let it bother you. Keep consuming it and keep sharing the truth. He said, I will harden you. Like if you read that, you're like, I don't wanna be hardened. What he was saying is, I will give you the strength to endure the opposition that's out there. You ever been around hard people that are broken and angry? There's like a darkness. What God said he would do is he would make them to be able to withstand the pressures of this world. Listen, friend, I want you to understand something. We need the Word of God more than ever. We need it more than we've ever needed it. You need it more than a small group. You need it more than, you need the Word of God. Church is important. Doing life with people is important, but it should not take the place of your personal time with Jesus. And if this is all you've got is your personal time with Jesus is here today, I wanna invite you into a personal relationship with Him outside of here. You need it, we need it. I ran to Hobby Lobby yesterday. I'm not a crafter. I would like to pretend that I am, but I am not. And I came across something. Y'all recognize these weird little, people like make mosaic things out of them. I don't, I don't know, I think that they just are rocks, I don't know. But I looked at it and it's clear and it's hard. And I bought one for all of you because I wanna challenge you on something. You don't get to leave here and make excuses anymore as to why you're not in the Word. 
Well, I'm waiting on God to do something. Well, he's waiting on you to do something too. Well, that's not fair. Welcome to life. We have a part to play. He's given us the Word of God. There are other countries that would give anything to have access to the Word of God, and we have it in all kinds of translations, languages, and dialects. But when you take one of these on your way out, if you choose to take one, and if you choose to not take one, I hope that you see them everywhere you go and that you're reminded of this anyway. I don't want that good. I hope that everybody you come across has these bad boys in their yard on some little stone their grandkids made. But it's hard, but it's transparent and it's beautiful. You know know what that is? That's supposed to be you and me. Not that we're hardened from the world, but we're strengthened by the word. And that we can endure what the world throws at us. We don't crush, we don't crumble, we're not weak, we're not feeble, but we're honest about where we came from. Because there are gonna be people that come to you and say, yeah, but didn't you used to smoke crack? Yes, but I don't anymore. I didn't used to smoke crack. I'm not giving you a public confession. You're like, oh my gosh. Oh, we do, we do. No. Hey, yeah, but you used to be married to that one lady and you've had like three other marriages and blah, blah. Well, but like, you know what? Let me tell you how God's changed me. Can I talk to you about that? Transparency allows you to not pretend like you don't have a past. It gives you the ability to talk about your future. It gives you the ability to be honest with people that no, I'm not perfect. I've never been perfect. I'm still not perfect. But you know what? The word of God has changed me. Let me tell you about it. Better yet, let me live it out in front of you. Let me show you what that looks like. I want you to grab one of these and I want you to stick it in your pocket, put it in your purse, set it on your nightstand, do something with it. Children, don't put it up your nose. Or your mouth, please do not eat this. Um, And when you see it, I want you to ask yourself, what's my excuse? Where am I at in my walk with God when it comes to the word of God? Bow your heads with me all across this room, if you will, and online. I tell you what, I, I consider it an honor and a privilege that we get to ask the question every week that we ask. If you know Jesus, if you have a personal relationship with him, we're not asking you if you believe in him. The Bible says that the devil and demons believe in him. But are you walking with the Lord? Have you given him your life? Do you call him Lord? And if the answer is no, we can fix that today. It's the most important decision you will ever make in your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here and you can say, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and I need that, I want that. Will you raise your hand so I can pray with you? If there is anybody, I would love to pray with you. Okay. The next thing I wanna tell you is if you're like, I don't have a Bible, I just have what's on my phone. Don't leave here. We have Bibles that we give people for salvation. We wanna make sure you have a paper one too. Because sometimes the internet doesn't work. Sometimes things don't work out and you need to have access to the word of God. Will you stand up with me real quick? And I want you to look at me. Also, Pastor Darla pointed out I had a string. Ladies, be that friend. If somebody's got a booger in their nose, something in their teeth or string hanging off their clothes, don't wait till after it's over. Be that friend. I just wanna say that. Everybody looking at me right now, I wanna tell you this. Let's be honest. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not gonna ask you how, how many times do you read your Bible every day? Raise your hand if you know you probably could be in the Word a little bit more than you are. Me too. I think it's time we stop making excuses. You wanna know how to make, how to prove that the Bible is real? 
Read it, live it, and watch it transform your life. The Bible says it's the truth that sets you free and that they will know we are Christians by our love and that great will be our peace and undisturbed composure and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You start knowing those things, you start living those things, you start walking different. And you don't need a Google proof of anything. You see it in your life. I'm gonna pray with you right now and I encourage you on the way out, grab one of these. If you're online and you're watching and you want one of these, Send an email, send a, I'll, I'll send you one of these in the mail. It might be weird, but you'll get a little rock in the mail and you'll know what it's for. <laughs> Bow your heads, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person within the sound of my voice, those here, those online. Lord, I thank you for loving us. I thank you, Lord, that we have access to truth. We have access to your word. And your word says that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And God, our world is in a mess. But just like Simeon, help us to position ourselves to have great expectation. Help us to seek your word and then be led by your spirit. Help us to not try to find the easy way out, but find truth and let you guide us. Lord, I thank you that there's nothing we go through that we don't go through with you. And you don't leave us stranded. But God, we walk through these seasons of life with you. Jesus, I pray that you give a hunger to every person here for, for your word, a hunger to know you more intimately, a hunger to know what you're saying. God, I forgive us for letting our understanding of you come third party. God, draw us close and help us to hold on tight to you and declare your truth, even though there are ears out there that are hard and a world is hard. Help us to be a light that can't be broken. We love you and we thank you and we praise you. You're good and faithful. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, we have people down here who want to pray with you. Go grab something to remind yourself about not having an excuse and do not melt out there, it's hot. We love you and we'll see you next week.